created to have some fun together sharing and singing. So join and enjoy. Our love for opera brings us together. Thanks for being with us in this trip. Hi everyone. Thanks for being with us in this program. And uh, this is our very last program from this season. And we wanna thank you all for being joining us uh, program by program. Uh, today is a very special one because we are saying hello just for this season. We'll be preparing something else and new and refreshing for a third one, we hope so. And we want to thank you all, uh, the, the new countries that have been adding to our public list. And among those nations are Japan. So uh, this is a very beautiful and mystic country. Uh, there are uh, very um, good and excellent references about Japan. We all know manga, we all know anime, and we all know, of course, one of the most popular and beautiful, not just arias, but operas. Who hasn't ever heard about Madame Butterfly? Right, isn't it? So today I wanna thank you uh, especially in, in to, to our people in, in Japan with this uh, lovely and known aria Un bel di vedremo. Of course, it's not for coloratura, <laughs> but I think it's worthy. <laughs> so this goes from my heart to the other side of the world.
che come sarà giunto che dirà che dirà che amerà poter dalla lontana io senza dar risposta me ne starò nascosta un po per celia e un po Definitely one of the most beautiful arias written by Puccini. Uh, as you just mentioned, it is not for a coloratura soprano. In fact, it is not for most sopranos at all. It's Puccini. is hard for most voices, uh, and maybe even so, I haven't I haven't shared what I. I haven't told you what I will be sharing today. Um, maybe that's a good place to start. Uh, Madama Butterfly has ended with the career of many sopranos, given the extreme difficulties it has. Uh, there are lyric sopranos who think that because they get away with La Boheme, they can get away with Madama Butterfly, and that is not the case. You may have a very beautiful Uh, voice as it is the case for uh, La Boheme, Ving Mimi, but that will not be enough to be Chocho-san, the little Japanese girl uh, in Madama Butterfly. It's, uh, it is written in a very complicated tessitura. Uh, a good number of, uh, of her parts of her singing is in the middle register with a given uh, amount of strength. And uh, the, it has not many and not so high notes, but they are usually sung with strength. And there is, and the role is very long. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it has all the yeah. ingredients to make it uh, be, there are many sopranos. I know the cases of a couple of them, of which I will not give names because it would be not nice to say that their voice was devastated. But it is true that after they sang... Chocho-san, their voice was affected. So if you're a young soprano and you're thinking on working of Madama Butterfly, maybe you should think it twice. And uh, Katia, why don't you give people, or to sopranos mostly, a couple of advices of what to take into account before going for an aria like Un Bel Di Vedremo? 
Well, uh, I think that is an area that has to take a very long time to, to prepare and to study. It's not something, because uh, we are talking about Puccini, uh, we are talking about um, the first years of uh, 20th century. So there are also uh, many different harmonic questions and, and issues that you have to take on count. It's not easy music. Um, I had the chance to, to sing this opera on stage. I mean, I wasn't to Chacho San, but I was part of the chorus. Uh, but when you listen all the score and all the, the harmonics working, it's very complicated music because it's um, 20th century music and it's also uh, 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 full with these uh, uh, orientales. Uh, the orient oriental? Uh, uh, yes, there are um, oriental uh, items too. So it's very complicated music. Uh, you you can study this um, this score since your first years. Yes, uh, but never ever try to force your voice uh, trying to to give too much strength or too much color before your voice gets its own uh, like i just sang this aria mm, i sang it as a soprano coloratura not as chachosan should sound so uh, start to study like this with your voice, with your sound, and never force you because it can be a voice breaker, truly. <laughs> never force. It, it certainly can. And, I, and we know that well, you want to, be, to have a repertory that is full of the very well-known areas because you want to get lots of applause. But be careful with a role like Chocho Sanz. Because as I was telling you, or we have mentioned, it can really hurt voices. And maybe if Katia doesn't mind, maybe I can start with telling you what I will be sharing with you today. Uh, we, I have in this third season, I shared with you a whole program or my at least my part from my very much beloved Forza del Destino. And last week I shared with you my very, very much loved role of Andrea Chenier. And uh, today I wanted to share with you that uh, most of the times we pay attention, of course, to the key areas of operas, but as it is the case of Madama Butterfly, and in special the second act, Puccini wrote something extraordinary. In fact, Un Bel Dremo is the way it actually opens <laughs> the second act, and it's full of many melodies. It is the case as for La Boheme. La Boheme is also, has also great melodies in the second act. Well, right after the... You know, sometimes La Boheme is different because they group the second act because it's very short and blah, 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 whatever. So uh, the thing is that I wanted to share with you and a couple of thoughts before we go into detail. And to start with it, I think I'm going to put some music in the background, which is actually how the second act uh, starts. I want to give reference and credit to the channel of Mr. Let me find the name of Mr. J. John Heitman, who put music 
to this uh, to a number of operas. So people can use it for rehearsing or just listening, people claiming for copyright credits. <laughs> that is not the case. But thank you very much, Mr. Jane John Heitman and his channel in uh, YouTube, where you can find lots of music. And that will uh, give me somehow the background to share with you part of the story of the second act. We have to keep in mind that Chocho-san, when she got married to that horrible man, <laughs> that horrible uh, uh, American captain. And she was barely 15 years old. She was really a very young girl. And taking that into account, I wanted to, to contrast it with the fact that uh, we have just mentioned that it, it really takes a very well-developed voice to sing it and a very good technique so that you don't spoil everything. And it is uh, contradictory, but we are talking about a very young girl. So you may say, if it is a young girl, it should be a white, light voice, but that is really not the case. It has also been said that Puccini wrote uh, uh, the, uh, for the many loves he had. Uh, Puccini was very well known for falling in love with almost every woman he, <laughs> he would meet. So it is said that the, for the several of the women he loved, he wrote an opera. So I think that one can ask himself, for what kind of woman would he have written this Madame Butterfly? If we think that the age has to do with something, maybe a very young girl fell in love with him, and at the end, maybe he's playing the role of the bad guy, of the tenor. Uh, I have read a couple of notes here and there from his bio biographers that even though he knew he would fall in love with many women, uh, at some point he felt remorse. So my thoughts are that maybe Puccini portrayed himself in this opera with a very young woman who fell in love with him and uh, as in the case of Madame Butterfly, he really didn't love her while she was ready to give her life for him. That stance starts to sound a little cruel, and if we pay attention to the lyrics of Un Bedremo, and if you take account that at this time, Chocho-san has been alone for a number of years, they got married and then he left. So she has been raising a, li a little son, of which it is known a little later, but she's been alone and... Every day she has waited for his return. So by the time she sings Un Bedremo, uh, what she says is that she trusts he will get back. And she tells us of how happy, if you, if you look at the photo that we have here in the background, maybe you can picture the very young Chocho-san looking at the horizon and waiting for a signal that his husband has come back. That's the story of Umbel di Bedremo, very, very, very lovely piece, and also very touching in the sense of how much it hurts if you think of this young girl being truly deeply in love and she was just being used by this American sailor, the captain. That is, but we're not going to stop there. We're going to move a little ahead to the scene uh, there is a very interesting and uh, long scene between Sharpless, which is the American consul, 
I'm not sure if that is the right word <laughs> in English, but he, let, let's say he works for the embassy, provided that I don't remember the right word. So Sharpless uh, represents the, uh, the government of the USA and uh, he joins Chocho-san to share with her the, the letter that he just received. The, the opening scene uh, starts with Sharpless when after, well, they, he knows that at this point in time, uh, Chocho-san is, let's say, in disgrace. Her people, the other Japanese people, no longer respect her. Uh, she, she chose to marry an American and go against her gods, her beliefs. So at this point, she's alone in all the possible senses. Her family is not with her. She has no friends. She has barely some money. And the, and the man abandoned her. So that's when Sharpless meets her and tells her... Well, it, it's going to share with her this letter. Let me tell you a little of what the letter says. Uh, he invites her to sit by his side and with a very gentle voice because he he likes Chocho-san a lot. He says uh, something like Edora noi sedete qui uh, which is something like and now for us please uh, sit by me as I'm going to start reading you the letter. She just picture in your mind with that very deep love of hers She says, date sulla bocca, sul cuore, siete l'uomo migliore del mondo. Uh, please give it to me, the letter, so picture it in. If you haven't seen it on stage, picture this young girl taking the letter, taking it to her lips and kissing it and saying that. Date sulla bocca, sul cuore, then on her heart, siete l'uomo migliore del mondo. So please give me that letter on my, on my mouth for a kiss, on my, on my heart. You are the best man in the world because he's bringing good news about this, this man that she loves. He starts reading the letter and there is a, there is a part where Sharpless says, uh, Da quel tempo felice tre anni son passati e forse butterfly non mi ramenta più. So, of those very happy years, it's been three years, years that they passed and maybe Butterfly does not re uh, remember me anymore. But remember that she has been living for the past years just waiting for his return. So, in the first part, he says, Anche lui la contati means, oh my God, he has also counted the number of years that we have been separated. But when she hears a force butterfly no mi rementa più and maybe butterfly forgot me, she says, and the, the score says, sorpresa molto volgendosi a Suzuki, non lo ramento, Suzuki dilo tu, non mi ramenta più. So imagine a very young girl waiting for three years for the return of the beloved one and listening that he thinks that she forgot him. That really breaks her heart. So what we expect from Chocho-san is that when she sings this part, 
she sings it with a broken voice. She can't believe that he may even consider that he forgot her. Let me tell you a little how uh, the melody goes. Because I think it's a very lovely part. And I, as I was telling you, it is called Edoranoi, or at least that's how the scene opens. And that's when uh, Sharpless says, Edoranoi, qui. And she answers, Date sola boca, sol cuore. Siete l'uomo migliore del mondo, incominciate. And that's when he starts reading the letter. Amico, cercherete quel bel fiore di fanciulla. She interrupts. Dice proprio così. Si, così dice. Me hace ad ogni momento. And she replies. Taccio, taccio, io nulla. Then he starts saying. Da qual tempo felice. Tre anni son passati. She, very enthusiastic, anche lui l'ha contati, e forse butterfly non mi ramenta più. And she says, non la ramento, so so chi di lotto. time when she says to Benedetta she takes the letter again and kisses and embraces it because it, it takes great news but at this point uh, Sharpless decides to stop the letter because he he's about to tell something very bad for Butterfly and that's when he says qui troncarla conviene quel diavolo d'un Pinkerton and then she tells uh, Butterfly something that is going to break her heart Ebbene, che fareste, madama Butterfly, se non dovesse ritornar più mai? It is at this point that it breaks her heart because she says, Due cose potrei far, tornar, a divertir la gente col cantar, oppur meglio morire. We're going to continue with this uh, very lovely and cruel scene, but we have to stop it there because something 
is coming after this, another very well-known part of this youth. But let's go back to Katia and what is it that she's sharing with us today? Yeah, thanks. Uh, well, um, this is a special program too, because today we're celebrating Verdi's birthday. So I think that uh, is one of the most uh, known composers, but also beloved for many of us. Uh, I have to say that it's probably not my favorite one, but it's a very special one because uh, like I've shared with all of you once, um, my, my first approach to, to opera, the, the most important approach to opera was thanks to La Traviata. I was a very, very young girl and I started to sing uh, um, this uh, Sempre Libera. <laughs> so um, it, uh, Verdi has a very special uh, place in my heart and he is um, the author of very important names as Rigoletto, Il Trovatore, uh, La Forza del Destino, that you shared a uh, last program with us. Uh, yeah, Falstaff. Falstaff. Otello. Uh, yeah. Otello, of course. Un Balo in Maschera. Un Balo in Maschera. And it's from this, uh, this opera that I'm about to sing something. I will share Volta la Terra. Oh, 
Señor. And I am pretty sure that you would really love to sing Oscar on stage. Yeah, uh, Oscar is uh, a, per, uh, a pretty funny and liked character. I, I love to be Oscar. But while I was thinking, uh, while I was singing, I was uh, thinking, if you think this is not a very complicated area because it's short, because it doesn't have uh, so many high notes, uh, well, try to sing in staccato most of the time and check if your diaphragm still responds after <laughs> 10 seconds. <laughs> and that's a little complicated, but well, if you study, of course you can. <laughs> it requires. Do you think so? It requires lots of precision. People may not be aware that exactly. There are so many difficulties in singing. Uh, of course, it is difficult to keep a good fiato with a good note. There are lots of exercises for people who study, you know, keeping it for with the same intonation, the same volume for lungs. But singing staccato, as you mentioned, is also requires a precision that people think it easy, but being that precise is not. We're posting more content in our profile in coffee. You can find us there as Oprah We Love Singing. All in one word. So go to coffee. K as in key, O as in opera, dash, F as in food, and I as in ice. We love to see you there.